Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Right on, man. Uh, uh, you know, there's, we have to, I cannot, I, every weekend I have to express how important it is to pay attention to those declarations that we're making during these songs. You know what I mean? You know, my heart is yours. I mean, that's like saying everything I am, everything I got, the whole thing, man, the whole enchilada, they like to say, right, is all yours. This whole enchilada, all right, is all yours, Lord. You know what I mean? That's what we're saying in essence. We're, we're saying that it's all yours. There's a, there a guy, right, and, uh, and his friends were telling him about Jesus, right, and he really was trying to figure this whole thing out. And, uh, and he would just tell his friends, man, I'm just on the fence right now, man. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not with it. I'm not against, you know, I'm, I'm on the fence right now, right? You ever hear anybody say that? Just kind of on the fence right now, right? And while he was kicking it on the fence, all right, the enemy comes along, right? And, he, and he's looking at the dude and, you know, the devil's just looking at him laughing. And the homeboy says, you know what, check this out. I don't know what you're laughing at, all right? I'm on this fence right now and I can go either way. You know what I mean? You're about ready to lose me, man. You know what I mean? I'm about ready to go. I'm on the fence, man. You know what the enemy said? The devil said, hey, bro, take your time. I own the fence. <laughs> you got to think about it, man. He says, I own the fence. All right? Everyone is, you know, has already made a choice. You, me, everybody on the planet, we are already living in our choice. All right, we're already there, man. You know what I mean? So it's not about whether you have to make a decision right now or not. You've already made it. The, the question is, have you made the right choice today? All right? You know, when it comes to this life in, in Christ, say in. Yeah. When it comes to this life in Christ, all right, when it comes to a life in Christ, you're either in or you're out. There's no fence to walk, man. Uh, you know, you're here or you're there. That's just it, man. So, so, so really, man, it's a good time to inventory where you truly are today. And there's such a greater reality, all right, than, than what we allow ourselves to consider. Such everything is just so spiritual, and we don't give it an opportunity to be spiritual in our life. We don't, uh, we don't, we don't, we ignore the spirituality of our life. There's such a greater reality than we allow ourselves to consider. You see, what I recognized when I gave my life to Christ, man, I realized, all right, that it never was. And you know what I mean? And I also realized my life was never really mine to own. All right, either I'm his or I'm the enemy's. That's just it, man. You know what I mean? You know, and, and then, you know, I shared with you a couple of weeks the question that you hear people ask. Well, you know what? I got a problem. How can a good God, how can such a good and loving God send people to hell? Right? Remember? We said, God is not sending anyone to hell. And we're already all on our way. <laughs> all right? Everybody, our sin, all right, has paved the highway to hell, man. And we're, we're already on our way. You see, God, through his son, Jesus Christ, through the resurrection, all right, for the, through, the, through the death, all right, of Christ for our sins on the cross, the burial, all right, and the resurrection, he has paved the way, you know, he's, he's paved the way out off that highway. It's like, 
If you're on this big boat, on this big sinking ship, and it's just going down, man, there's nothing going to save this ship. It is heading for the depths of the ocean. And there's a lifeboat, man, saying, hey, man, we got a lifeboat. If you reject the lifeboat, you're going down with the ship, right? And so when you reject Jesus, when you reject Christ, then you automatically are still heading to where you were already going. Oh, man. <laughs> You're like, man, it might be a crowd thinner today. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> All right, praise the Lord. You see, because Christ alone has the authority. He has the authority. He says, all authority has been given to me. This is what Jesus said. All right, he has the authority. All right, to save us, to take us off that highway. He has the authority. But, but, but authority in your life, in your life, he's not going to take that. You have to offer it. I want to share with you a point right here. Authority in your life is either given or it's taken. The choice is really up to you. Authority in, authority over your life. God, God is sovereign. He has complete authority, but he's not going to crash into your heart. You have to open that. Either you give it to Jesus or it's taken by the enemy of your soul, man. This is where we're at today. Who are you giving? Who are you allowing the authority over and in your life? Who are you allowing the authority inside your life? You see, our problem is, man, when it comes to this, 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 this match of like thinking there's a fence, you know what I mean? When we think there's a fence and we're on this fence and we see the enemy working over here, we see God working over here, we're not quite sure if we want to get down with this because it kind of looks boring. We're not, this kind of looks exciting, but we recognize it, you know, at least there's some destructive you know, behaviors going on here. And that stuff is not really hard to identify. All right, when, when the enemy, all right, is trying, you know, the authority he's trying to take, all right, that's not really hard to identify. When you see adultery, all right, taking, you know, you know opportunities for adultery or, or pornography or sexual exploitation, and you recognize that the enemy is just trying to destroy the sanctity of marriage. When you see child abandonment, child, you know, uh, you know, and, you know just, just whatever, you know, the, the craziness that people are doing to kids these days and, and the abandonment of, elder, of our elderly, you see that the enemy is trying to ruin, all right, the family institution that God has, has, has installed on this planet. So it's easy to see those kind of things. When you see drug abuse, alcohol abuse, all right, uncontrolled anger. You see the decay of the mind and the heart just taking place all around you. It's not hard to recognize those things. It's the subtleties that we got to be careful for. When it comes to the authority that we're allowing, sometimes it's just hard to notice in our lives because we've been convinced or convinced ourselves that we even, we earned this little thing over here, this little vice, if you will. We earned or we deserve it, right? You hear statements like, you know what? How many of you heard of the statement, man? It's not hurting anyone, right? If you have to say that sentence out loud, the chances are you're hurting someone, all right? 
Or we say things like, you know what, you know, uh, you know one time, you know, it doesn't make it wrong. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, it does. Every addiction started with, guess what? One time. <laughs> Every bad choice that is continually repeated and repeated and repeated began with one time. Or we say something like, what about me? Does anybody care about my feelings? Anybody care about what I need? Apparently nobody does, so I'm going to go get it. Or we look at the damage we've caused in other people's lives, and we justify it by saying, well, they had it coming. They deserved it. And my, you know, how about the one that, I said, well, you know what? God's going to forgive me. I don't need you. God will forgive me. Really? I want you to understand that God has already forgiven you by the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. The, cr the question is, will you receive that forgiveness? Because apparently, if this is the life that you're allowing to take place, you have not. Today, man, we're going to open up this crazy story in Luke, man. It just gets crazier and crazier as we go through this book of Luke. I love it, man, because we can't skip it. You know, we got this freaking crazy Marilyn Manson guy coming out of the tombs all naked, running up on Jesus all, you know, demon-possessed and stuff, and we just, and there's this crazy encounter that takes place there, right? And we'll just see what happens. But I want, there's three things, man, that I want to talk to you about today. And, and I may or may not yeah, we're going to use these three things. Okay, let's just do that. All right, three things. All right, I just want to tell you, I'm going to give them to you really quickly, and then we're just going to kind of roll through these things as we go through this, this big old chunk of Scripture that God has given us in the book of Luke. All right, the, one, the first thing I want to challenge you to think about is the enemy will take authority in and over your life even when you're not looking. All right? He really wants you to believe that there is a fence and it's okay to be on the fence. He really wants you to believe that when there actually is no fence. Number two, that Jesus has, this is good news, he has authority even over the enemy who's trying to take authority from you. That's really good news, isn't it? But number three, Jesus won't take authority in, say in, in, all right, your life, you've got to give it to him. I want us you to say in because I don't want you to get it confused with Jesus has no authority over your life because you haven't given it to him. He has ultimate authority. All right? There is no authority that Christ does not have on this planet, but he will not take authority in your life unless you give him authority inside your life. All right? That's why we hear the scripture. He stands at the door and knocks. If anyone would just open the door, he doesn't kick it down. That's what the enemy does. The enemy kicks down doors. All right? Jesus doesn't. So let's pray, all right, and we'll get into this story. Father, we give you the praise. We give you the honor and the glory, Lord God, in Jesus' mighty name. <laughs> we just give you thanks, Lord, and this is crazy stuff, man. And uh, we're thankful, Lord God, that you've given us to us. Help us, Lord God, to recognize the truth of this story. This story, help us to understand, Lord God, this, this, you didn't give us a fairy tale story here. You gave us something that really happened your son was really there. There were men and women really there. Help us to recognize that truth today, Lord God. And this is for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 
I think it is important to realize that some of these stories that sound like they get a little way out there, this happened or we wouldn't have it, all right? And uh, you know what? I guarantee there are many men and women here that have experienced something like this as well, all right? And so the story carries on from last week. I don't know if you were here last week, all right? The disciples, Jesus said, get in the boat. We're going to the other side. They started freaking out because Jesus took a nap while, they, while there was a big storm and the boat was going down and they're all freaking out, getting all scared. And Jesus gets up and goes, oh my gosh. Can I leave you for 10 minutes? That's all I wanted, man. Just 10 minute nap. And he gets up, man, and tells the storm to shut up. And the storm shuts up and they freak out. So they continue to sail. Look at verse 26 of chapter 8 of Luke. Then they sailed. Now they want to sail, right? Now we're sailing. Now you want to sail. Okay. So then they sailed to the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite of the Galilee. So they're going away from, Jew, from, from Jewish territory, from Jewish. They're actually heading over to non-Jewish. So some of the traditions and the, and the laws and the religious, you know, beliefs that the Jews had, they're going to another part of the country where there wasn't a lot of that going on. It's good to kind of understand that. And they actually made it to the other side. Remember Jesus said, he got in the boat. He says, hey man, we're going to go to the other side. And here they are on the other side. And when Jesus has stepped out on land, there met him a man from the city. Here's where it gets crazy. They, left, they met him a man from the city who had demons. I had a plural right there, huh? Demons. For a long time, he wore no clothes. He hadn't lived in a house, but he lived among the tombs. There was a man that was actually possessed by demons. This still happens today. I always, I talk to different uh, men and women of God who sometimes will wonder, well, well am I, you know, I going to be, ever be demon-possessed? If you have given your life to Christ and the spirit of the living God inhabits your body and you invited Christ in, all right, he doesn't cohabitate with the enemy. He will not have that, all right? So the man and woman of God who is, you know I mean, sincerely, truly given their life to Christ, man, and trusted in the death, the burial, and they're living in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ by empowered by his Holy Spirit, have no need to worry about demons of possession. Although <laughs> there is oppression of demons. There is demonic activity, all right, that can surround, and I've, and I've experienced this, you know, even in my own home. I've experienced it in my homes of my family members. I might tell you a story about that a little bit here, but that does take place. This guy right here was possessed, all right? So this was not a man of God, all right, that just went nuts one day, started listening to some heavy metal and freaked out, all right? And I said, you know, it's not that guy, all right? I'm nothing against heavy metal, by the way. I'm a metalhead for sure. Anyways, all right, this is a real thing. This really happens, and it still happens today. And you may or may not have come across somebody who has been demonically possessed, all right? I guarantee that you have been around somebody who has been demonically oppressed, if not yourself, Right, and he says he has this guy who came out from the city and he's, and he's naked. He's not, he's not wearing any clothes, right? And, uh, and, and he's living among the dead, all right? He's living among the dead. He's, he's out there living among the tombs. He's not in town no more, all right? Stripped off all his clothes and, and ran, out to, uh, ran out to the tombs, all right? And that's where he, he thought, you know, he, he was more at home out there among the dead, 
And here's what I want to remind you of. Without Jesus Christ, all right, we are all walking dead people. I'm just going to tell it like it is, man. There is, we have a hardcore shelf life, all right? If you have not given your life to Christ, if you've given your life completely over to Christ, trusting once again the gospel of Jesus Christ, all right, then the, then, then the greater reality that surrounds our life is beautiful and amazing and continues. But this guy found more comfort, more company around the dead. The only company that dead people enjoy are other dead people, <laughs> right? I used to be one of these guys. I don't think I was ever demon-possessed, all right? But I just enjoyed the company of people that are just on their way, man. They're on their way. I knew for a long time I was going to hell before I gave my life. I didn't give my life to Christ till maybe about two weeks ago. And so, like, just kidding. <laughs> Somebody goes like, what? <laughs> um, <laughs> back when I was 32. I mean, I'm 37 now. It's been a wild ride. You know what <laughs> Right? Right? I mean, it's like, okay, I'm 59, right? I'll tell the truth. So it's been 27 years. Right? And I, I remember before that, I didn't care about anything. I didn't care about nobody. And I wanted to be around people who didn't care about anything or nobody. You're living among dead people. Here's what I know, man. Life consumed with what's killing it is not life at all. And we have to understand that. In verse 28, he says, when he, when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him and said with a loud voice, man, he, he didn't fall down before him in worship. He fell down before him in recognition. You see, we have a hard time recognizing who Jesus is so many times, right? You know, we, we spend a lifetime trying to figure out, can I, I can't even recognize him, all right? The enemy knows exactly who he is. He recognizes him as the son of the most high God. He recognizes him as, as, the, as, as, as a second person of the Trinity, he recognizes him as Lord. And obviously, yes, what do you do when you find out, all right, that, 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 that you know, that when you're in front of that person, you fall down, not in worship, but in agony. The enemy fell down, not in worship, he fell down in agony, all right, because he knew his time was short. He knew he fell, he saw the winner right in front of him. And he knew that he was the loser right before him. And he fell down before him with a loud voice. He says, what have you to do with me? Why are you even messing with me? Man, what's going on here? Jesus, son of the most high God, I beg you, don't torment me. And then there's a summary statement in verse 29 because he's gonna go back to the real time statement. He says, for he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many a time it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles. And he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the desert. Man, how would you have handled this? Let me just kind of step out of the, 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 uh, the, the forward movement of this sermon. And just for a minute, step outside of this. And let me just talk to the man and woman of God that is here this morning. I know some of you are still trying to figure this out, man. But now you know that there is no fence, so you need to do something pretty dang quick, all right? All right, so, uh, but let me just talk to the men and women of God. How would you have handled this? How would you have handled this today? 
How would you, how, how would you handle, you know what I mean, you know, somebody coming out like this, looking like this, and just, you know, just visibly dispossessed? Let me ask you this question. Let me put it this way. Why do you think that so many Christians avoid the people that Jesus was actually attracted to? Because he didn't run from this guy. Think about it. I got a few answers, I think, that might kind of relate here because, you know what, I've, I've thought, and this is something, some of these answers I've actually have held to myself, you know, for, 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 for a while. You know what I mean? It's because I just didn't want to get dirty. It took a long time to clean this up. All right? This was a lot of work, man. All right? To allow God to, okay, 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 all right, all right. You know what I mean? And, and, and it's like, it's like, it took a lot of work, man. I don't know if I want to jump back into that and get all dirty again. Plus, I don't really want to invest in somebody who's that crazy because, you know what, again, I know how long that took. Now I got to work with this guy to do this. And you know what? He might not even come this way. It might be for nothing. Or maybe we just don't know how to handle it. We see something like this taking place, all right, and we just don't know how to handle it. We're afraid we might get in over our heads. And there's possible danger, and that's a true thing. There is possible danger. I mean, this guy was really, you know, unusually strong and freaking out. And you look at it and you say, this is not natural. When you see people going through this kind of stuff, it's just not natural, man. And because we're constantly distracted on a day-to-day -day basis, we're not even seeing that kind of stuff because daily we're distracted out of our position before God. I mean, we may get before God in the morning. We may have the verses and the verse for the day and the prayer for the day and maybe keeping that person in prayer and that person in prayer and then walk away. And then, you know what? We get to work and or on the way to work or, or even leaving the door, man. We're distracted out of that position before God. And the supernatural is like irrelevant, immediately irrelevant in our life because all we can see is the natural and the natural is just kind of moving us out of the supernatural. It's moving us out of that position for, from, from with God. And because of that, we're not ready when we see the supernatural on the enemy side handle, taking place. We have a hard time. We're freaking out. Because now this requires everything that we've learned to, to put into practice. And here's what I know, man, that, that faith in action is scary and it's intimidating, but you know what? It's required. Otherwise, who's our faith really in and what's our faith even for? I had somebody I dearly love, still love. He's doing amazing now. But a while back, he called me up, man. He says, hey, brother, can you come over? There's like some demons, literally demons underneath my house right now. And I said, well, did you tell them to leave? <laughs> Fair question, right? It's your house. Did you invite them over? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's what he, and he was like, no. I said, well, you know what? Me and another brother, we're going to go over there. We're going we're gonna to go pray with you, bro. We're going to see what's up. We're not super Christians. I'm just like you. Just a, a human being who, who gave everything to Christ and trying to figure out what that looks like on a day-to-day -day basis. You know what I'm saying? But God said, go over there and see what's up with your brother. So we did. 
We went over there. And we're sitting in the living room with him, man. He says, there underneath the house. There's a little crawl space under the house. He says, I was videotaping. You want to see the videos? I said, I have no interest in seeing any of these videos. You know what I mean? And there was a phone cord coming from the bottom of the, from the floor there. And he says, man, he goes, the demon or something was pulling the cord back into the floor. And I said, well, pull it back. It's your phone, man. You know what I mean? He, you know, he's not paying any bills here. Pull it back. Is this your house or not? All right? Here's what you need to do. Take back your house by the name of Jesus Christ for the glory of Jesus Christ because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Take back your house, all right, and give it to Jesus again. They can't live in Jesus' house. I know that much. And he did. And he did. And we prayed, and he did. And they left. <laughs> Where'd they go? I don't know. I don't know, but they weren't there. Another time, a gal calls over and says, hey, man, there is some weird stuff happening in my house. So describe weird. You know, there's voices, there's things being moved and stuff like that. Maybe there's ghosts. I said, man, such things as ghosts, all right, first of all. But, you know, so you don't have to worry about a ghost, okay? But there are demons, <laughs> so there's something you might want to worry about, all right? And so... <laughs> So she said, will you please come over? And we, I said, yeah. And so I grabbed another brother, all right? And this is, is always important. You recognize Jesus always sent people out together. And we went over there. Went over there to the house. And we started praying with this gal. She was, she was obviously being tormented. It was very glaring that something was happening. And while we were there praying with her, we got up and we started walking around the house and praying. And while we're walking towards the back of the house, an individual walks in the back door. And I just kind of like, it just kind of startled me because I didn't expect to see anybody else because she lived there by herself. An individual walked in the back door. I said, what's up? And he looked at me crazy. Like, um, I'm just going to tell you, it was crazy. And he said, my name is Diego. And I was like, I just started praising the Lord. Father God, we just praise you as you start praying and praying out loud and praising him out loud and claiming, you know what? I belong to you, God. I'm right here. Ain't no enemy got any, got any conversation with me, all right? That's it. And I started just praising God, and the dude took off running out the back door and down the street. Now, no, 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 hold on. <laughs> Recognize. These aren't stories I'm trying to like. <laughs> I ain't trying to do that. All right? Because that too in itself, believe it or not, that kind of pride is demonically influenced. I ain't got time for none of that. This is all glory to the great God and King Jesus Christ. Because you know what, man? This demon recognized the lordship of Christ and submitted before Christ. And here's what I know. And so, the, you know, the enemy will take authority in and over your life if it's empty. If, it's not, if you're not giving it to Christ, the enemy would gladly take over subtly and sometimes glaringly and crazily. But yeah, you know what? Here's what I also know. Jesus has authority over the enemy. 
Look at him verse, look at him chapter eight. Yeah, no doubt, huh? Yeah, he does. All right, so there's really good news because this is scary stuff. You guys watch a lot of freaky movies and I don't know why you do that to yourself. That's just stupid, all right? I like watching cartoons, all right? This is it, you know what I mean? You know, some Disney stuff, I feel real good about that, all right? You know what I mean? So, you know, um, I said Marvel movies, you know, some of them are kind of going too far, but you know what? I should say with the safe ones, all right? Because it's kind of fun, all right? Uh, you know, <laughs> but Jesus has authority over the enemy. Look what it says in verse 30. Then, he, then, then Jesus asked him, what's your name? And he said, legion, for we are many demons. Now, when you say the word legion, some of us are just, okay, what does that mean? Okay, probably a lot. Well, a legion was usually a few thousand soldiers. So two things are being declared here. There is a lot of demons in this one guy. And you know what? He uses his name legion like as if they're, prayer, they're ready for war. They're ready to fight. And they're taking this cat down. They're taking this dude down. Now, personally... I don't recommend when you come in contact with demon possession, I don't recommend you have strike up a conversation. You know what I mean? With the demons. That's Jesus' thing. He can do that. He has that authority. Conversations, in my opinion, are mutual submission. I'll say something, then you could say something. Then I'll say something, then you can have the floor. I am not going to do that. We're told to cast out demons. All right, not have conversations with them. All right, we're told to cast out. It's an all one-sided conversation in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of the God I serve, the, the, by the blood of Jesus Christ, for the glory of Jesus Christ. You're not allowed here, man. You gotta go. You gotta go. Total authority in Christ, for Christ and for his glory. You gotta be careful, man. This is a real thing right here. And as I was preparing for this sermon, I can't tell you how freaky it was to walk outside and take out the garbage at night. Just letting you know. All right? It's a little crazy. All right? Because this is real. This is a real deal. And the enemy would totally have us just trivialize this. You know? Verse 31, they begged him and, com to, and, to, and to not to command them to depart into the abyss, all right? Now, a large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him to let them enter these, so he gave them permission. And then the demons came out of the man, entered the pigs, not the herd, and the herd rushed down the steep embankment and just ran into the lake and drowned, all right? Now, a lot of questions on what is happening here. All right? A lot of animal rights. People go, man, that is not cool. All right? You know, where, but here's what I know. Where the Bible is silent, I choose to remain silent. All right? I'm not going to throw in all kinds of, hey, well, maybe. And I like to have fun with some of that stuff, but I'm not going to give you some doctrine, all right, what just took place right there because that's the Jesus thing. That's his business. What I do know, it is saying here, is that Jesus has ultimate authority. Because, but we have to be careful where we don't give or allow Christ's authority in our life because where authority is not given, it will be taken subtly or dramatically by the enemy. Look at verse 34. When the herdsmen, imagine those guys, all right? When the herdsmen saw what happened to their whole, all their pigs, they freaked out and took off running. I probably would have ran. 
I'm not going to lie. All right? I already ran, you know what I mean? And they told it in the city, in the country. Now, here's what I do know, man. All right? Yeah, the enemy it will, will take authority. No problem, man. He's going to, the enemy, let me just kind of read it the way I wrote it, all right? The enemy will take authority in and over your life, all right? But Jesus has authority over the enemy. And here, finally, this right here, Jesus won't take authority in your life. You've got to give it to him, all right? And I want to show you what I'm talking about right here, right? You know, because we have to give him this authority. It says, then the people, all right, they went out to see what happened. And they came, all right, to Jesus. They came to see. They didn't come to follow him. They came to see, all right? He, they didn't come to give him authority in their life. They came to see these expressions of authority that, 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 that he expressed, all right? And so they came to see. They found the man in, you know, from whom the demons has gone out, sitting at the feet of Jesus, Okay, you have to choose to sit somewhere. Every one of you came in here, you chose where to sit. Nobody told this guy he had to sit at the feet of Jesus, but he decided, all right, to sit at the feet of Jesus Christ. The herdsmen, they stood far off, and they're tripping. I'll show you in a minute how they're really totally tripping. All right? I mean, they, they found this, the dude staying there with Jesus as he chose. Here's what I know about Jesus Christ. There is no heart he cannot change, and there is no mind he cannot set free. I know this about God. I've seen it about God. All right? But you know what? We have to invite him in our heart for that change. He'll take authority. He'll kick a demon right out, even with or without your permission, if that's what he wants to do. But you have to allow him and ask him to come in and inhabit that space. See, when Jesus frees your mind to see the love that he truly has for you, it changes everything about you. Even a life lived anti-Christ, all right, is not unreachable, it's not unreachable for Christ. But the choice is yours. I remember a brother was telling me one time that he was visiting this old cat in the hospital, all right? And, there, and the family was like, man, just praying for him. He wanted him to know Jesus. He didn't know Jesus. He kind of denied all that, all right? And he was kind of, quote, unquote, on the fence. And they would keep coming in to talk to him, and they would pray with him. And he would let them pray with him, but he would like, they would ask him, man, do you? And he would say, no, not today, guys. Why don't you come back tomorrow? They did this for a few days. They'd go there, and he'd say, not today, guys. Why don't you come back tomorrow? One day they came in there and talked with him about Jesus, prayed with him, and he said again, no, not today, guys. Do you know what? But please, do come back tomorrow. I'm, I'm really thinking about this stuff. As they were walking out the door that day, they heard that heart monitor go beep, 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 beep. True story. Happened right down there in Tucson. The guy didn't have tomorrow. He was comfortable with just listening to the stories. He was comfortable with just hearing, you know, uh, about the, you know, the crazy cool stuff in the Bible. But he wasn't ready. He says, not yet. I'm still on the fence. There is no stinking fence. And I think of the story back when they're telling me, I think, man, would I have pushed it? No, dude, you need to do this. It's not my decision to make. It's yours. It's not my authority to take. It's yours to give. It says, all those, and those who had seen it told him uh, how the demon-possessed man had been healed, all right? In verse 37, it says, then all the people, the surrounding country of the, the Gerasenes asked him to leave. They asked Jesus to leave. They could not handle this type of authority, this expression of ultimate authority. They could not handle it. For they were seized with great fear. So he got in the boat. He was getting ready to take off. 
And they thought, you know, that they would just, they thought they could just keep it, keep kicking it on the fence, man. There was no fence. They don't want the power that they can't control. They can't handle the thought of submitting to ultimate authority. They're looking around going, things are getting crazy, man. All right? Well, we, you know, they, we got storms being shut down and being owned. We got demon dude totally healed. And we got these suicidal pigs. What are we going to do about this? <laughs> Next thing you know, our pets' heads are going to be falling off. You know what I mean? Our pets' heads are falling off. All right? It's just constantly crazy. It's crazy how we often overlook the miracles of God, all right, and because they are just part of an, there may be an inconvenience to our life at the time. Little did they know, by asking Jesus to leave, how good they felt about themselves. They were giving authority over the enemy. They were giving authority over to the enemy without even knowing it. What about you? The man whom the demons had gone out, he begged Jesus, hey, can I go with you, man? And Jesus sent him away. And he sent, the, the, my, my, not, I don't focus on the away, I focus on the Jesus sent him. Because look what happens. Saying, return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. You made him a preacher, man. Go, go home and declare how much God has done for you. And when he went away, proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. Here's what I know. Every life that gives authority to Christ is a testimony of the risen Christ. People always say, well, my testimony's not that good. The only not good testimony I'll share in a minute is, is one that's not shared every life that gives authority to Christ, no matter where your life was, how, how, how far you think you were from Christ or whatever, is a testimony of the risen Christ. So I remind you, authority in your life is either given or taken. The choice is really up to you. Let me ask you a few questions really quickly. How much authority does Jesus have in your life right now? What, what are you keeping from him right now? What is it that you're just unwilling to give up right this moment? What have you been maybe making some excuses for? What authority are you allowing? Maybe not giving willingly, but allowing to the enemy. How do you think all that's going to work out for you? Here's what I want you to do. And this is a personal thing for you. I've got a few things, man, that are kind of general but it's a very personal thing to give Jesus ultimate authority in everything he already has ultimate authority over everything but in everything in your life three things I want you to do number one remind yourself there is no fence man Say it with me. There is no fence. There is no fence, man. Remind yourself of that 
daily. If it's not his, it's the enemy's. Number two, submit everything to Jesus. And you heard it so right. Just give it all to Jesus. Give it all to him. Like, what does that even mean? I love one of the lyrics in the song that we're going to sing right here. It says, you know what? I abandon, all right, the weight of my own sin. I abandon the weight of my loss and pain. You're still God, and I'm still not. It's all yours. How I handle it, how I receive it, how I express life after it, whatever it may be. Submit everything to Jesus. And finally, number three, tell how his story overcame yours. People always trip out. Oh, no, they got better testimony than me. They got better. You know what? The best testimony is the one that points to Jesus no matter where you've been in life. That's the best testimony. The worst one is the one not told. Amen? Stay with us right now. And take this time. I love another line in this song. Don't waste another day. Amen. Praise the Lord.